deeply disappoint your parents. I'm trying to find a Christmas song in that chime. Yeah. We still don't have the chime down. I'll bring, like, xylophones next time. So that, we have to have, like, the... This is a podcast... Magic, I don't know. We're Our people are Christmas here. people. We love Christmas. We gotta go harder than a... Do you have a parole yet? No. You don't have a parole? I will one day. What do you mean one day? I don't have a way You're supposed to have a parole now! <laughs> Where's your parole at? Um, <laughs> I want to talk about our um, episode... But let's talk about our fans. Fans. Oh, yes. So um, to talk about some fan feedback, um, on Instagram, we were contacted by a fan, um, awkward period Landon. Um, so this is what Landon had to say about our episode regarding uh, masculinity or our episode of Masculine Masculinity with uh, Dr. Constancio Arnaldo and our other friend, Daniel Nero. Daniel Nero. We miss you. <laughs> All right, so the comment is, just finished the Unmasking Masculinity episodes. That is really hard for me to say <laughs> now that I read it out loud. I appreciate that had both points of views of cis heterosexual Phil Am and cis homosexual Phil Am, but I was wondering if you were going to do a trans FTM and MTF, so a female to male and a male to female Phil Am point of view. This was something that a YouTuber brought up and asked several uh, female to male POC to answer some questions to get their point of view growing up and coming out as trans. Thought it would be a great topic, very relevant, and could possibly be helpful for Filipino parents slash family members to get a better understanding. And I would love for us, like, this has actually been something that we have discussed in the past when we were first uh, doing Bruja Baddies Mm -hmm. about what uh, topics to tackle. And definitely within, like, you know, the LGBTQ community or queer community, we do want to go ahead and introduce and bring (coughs) on, like, you know, trans uh, philam folk. The door is definitely open, um, but it's also, you know, the those folks in our community to to come and be that kind of open like I've I've definitely spot I spotted a person I do want to ask but I know that he doesn't want people to know about that his past about transitioning so um feedback from um Landon is really helpful to say that we welcome those voices as hosts and as listeners so if you are um trans in our community here in Las Vegas who's Philam or Filipino, Filipinex, however you identify, please contact us and we definitely have this platform for you. And definitely it's about safety too. Mm -hmm. And like, um, uh, just again, this is supposed to be a safe space, you know, and to reveal yourself publicly, especially because as much as we like to think that we're in a space where, you know, it's very quote unquote liberal, it's okay to be out. I still, working at a high school level, like, have kids who do come out as trans, and they are bullied on the reg, which is something that, you know, obviously anyone who, within the queer community, but, again, it's higher rates of, you know, like, depression, you know, even suicide that tend to happen for those who identify as trans. Thank you for bringing that up, because some, you know, on the internet, people look brave, but you're, you're right, in real life, like, there can be violence towards them, and I don't want our podcast to ever put any um, guest in danger. Neither do I. Yeah. All right, so um, let's talk about today's episode, and we have a special guest as well. Yes, and again, just as a disclaimer, um, this episode may be triggering, so if you may have thoughts of self-harm or know someone of self-harm or have experience or have had someone close to you... um, perform anything self-harm, as in, you know, also suicide, Mm -hmm. uh, please be mindful that we are about to uh, tackle these topics today in this episode. All right. So um, this is a longtime friend of mine, Tammy DeCoster. Did I say that right? Yes. DeCoster. We know each other, and, you know, I would love to have Tammy on the show for um, things that aren't about suicide, like um, our art journey and our kickboxing journey. But uh, Tammy, who is a listener and good friend of mine, um, wanted to bring about a topic that has been looming in the Bruja Batty space, which is suicide. So Tammy, here's the mic. Hi. <laughs> well, I, I'm here because I wanted to share a story about um, a family member, well, actually two family members, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm hoping to be able to spread awareness on um, 
mental health and suicide since it's it's such a taboo topic you know in the Filipino community right. in the culture especially right. yeah so I'd like to start by um, talking about um, I had a cousin who in September we found out that he was he was missing hmm. the fa his family my uncle my, my tito and my tita and his siblings they they were notified by the police in San Diego that they found his car abandoned at Coronado Bridge hmm. and deep you know in the back of my mind I already felt that it was it was something bad something bad happened but everybody kept they kept looking we we had our hopes up that he was just somewhere you know and um on October 3rd they found him in the bay they found his body in the bay whoa and he was only 23 years old and he wasn't just any regular 23 year old kid you know he was very special tell us about him um so Miguel Miggy, he, you know, we were all we we're all from the Philippines. I, I'm, you know, I moved to the states in 2004, but he and his family moved to the states in 2002 when he was five years old. My tito got a, a you know, teaching. He was a pro, he's a professor in, in medicine. Mm -hmm. He's a doctor, and then he became a professor. And so they, he got a job in California as a professor. And so the whole family moved. and Everything he was five years old, and so. He started going to school at, in Anaheim, and um, when he was around eight years old, my tito was teaching him the multiplication table and the times table and everything. And you know how back in the day you just memorize like right, two yeah. times two <laughs> is four, you know, two times three is six, and all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, pop, you know, I noticed there's a pattern with with all the numbers and everything," and so of course it. I wouldn't know because I'm an artist. I have mm -hmm. no idea what like, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but you know, my my tito being you know a professor, he understood what that meant. That he was at a genius level. So and he took. They had him take um, what's this called? Uh, the California Star exams, mm -hmm. and he scored perfect scores. Wow. Yeah, that's like six hundred over six hundred. Like. Getting a 100 over 100 is hard. <laughs> He's going 600 over 600, and so they um, he they so they quickly enrolled him in um, at Oxford Academy for Gifted Children in Math and Science. That's after you know they found out, like took all the tests and everything. He excelled over there, and then from there he went to um, UC San Diego and. You know, he graduated with a bachelor's in chemistry wow. in 2018. Recent. And, yeah, it was, it was recent, you know. And while he was going to college over there, he would, like, he would drive to Tijuana to learn Spanish just by himself. Aww. He didn't even tell his parents. He would just go across the border, take some lessons, and come back. That's such a mood right there. Yeah. So I was like, dang, I wish, ooh. On Dude. top of, like... Being All studious that? and then like yeah. Spanish. It feels like a lot of, a lot. It's very heavy, like yeah. everything that he's been, he was doing yeah. at that time. Yeah, and he was like, and he for, he would do a lot, a lot of um, things to help the community. Like he would go and like, they would, they, they he helped plant this uh, at their school. There was like a, a garden, a cactus garden, some sort. Mm. And he also <clears throat> did volunteer work in, at an orf orphanage in Tijuana. And then also he went to, he went backpacking in South Africa for like not just school, but to do humanitarian work as well. And he did a lot of things. And then, you know, as hobby, he would, he would go, he would go, say he learned how to sail in the San Diego Bay and um, he loved to rock climb. He was learning how to play the guitar. He wanted to be a stand up comedian. He was doing all sorts of stuff. And, you know, as a family, you would see that and... He, you'd think that he is doing well, you know. Mm -hmm. He looks like it seems like he's like excelling at everything. His his future is so bright, and but then you know hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Um, very surface level, right? Yeah, and well, 
when my uncle, my Tito, said the last time they were together, you know, he invited all of them out, the whole family out to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he went. He invited his brother, his sister, brother and sister, and his 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 dad and his mom to go see a movie. And he he was such a frugal guy. And he was like, you know how we say, so cheap. He doesn't want to spend any money. It's like pulling teeth to get this guy to spend money. Mm-hmm. But he offered to libre the whole family. To you know, pay for the yeah, for the movie that's kind and of everything. Peculiar. Yeah, 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 and then um, so the, at first, his mom didn't want to go because she was sick. She wasn't. She was feeling under weather. He, but he insisted that she go, and just you know, hey mom, just take a take a blanket, you know, to wow. go see a movie. The whole family was there. It was the last time they were together, and the title of that movie was The Farewell. <gasps> That Aquafina, yeah, the, yeah. the one with Aquafina. Man, it's like you don't even know. But it's definitely a cry for help, but a goodbye. Like it's like yes. dual. It's very planned out, and that tends yeah. to happen with, uh, you know. Yeah, but then, but at that time, my Tito said he he was just happy that his son was gonna, you know, spend for a movie for once. Right. You know, he thought he was son. His son was being, you know, sweet and just wanted to, you know. Yeah. Show the whole family a good time. Which is fair. Yeah. On the other side, looking, you know. Yeah, because you, you could never, like, you always you always try to think that your family members are fine. You don't want to think that your family members are going through something. Yeah. But then there were also other signs, like, um, they said when, you know, because he would go visit his parents in Anaheim. He lived in, in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And um, he left a journal at his parents' house. And, you know, his mom, you know, being a tita and being a mom, you know, oh, look, it's a journal. Wow, so intrusive. <laughs> it looks like it, it's a journal, I, I guess, me you know. <laughs> I guess I'll read it. <laughs> well, she read she read a page, and it said, you know, he wrote down that sometimes he feels lonely. And his, my, his, my, my tito, his dad, you know, he went, he he asked him if he was feeling okay because that's not just something anybody would do. And he's a doctor, so he knows. Yeah. He knows all about depression. And so he asked him, like, are you okay? You know, is everything okay? And he's like, he's fine. And he was, at that time, he, he already had a job. He, he, he was working at uh, Eurofin's research lab in San Diego, and he was excelling at his job too. The first two weeks in, he solved a problem that they couldn't solve, and you know, he's 23 years old. And so they, you know, they, they, what do you call this? They, they acknowledge, yeah, they acknowledge that he, you know, they commended his work and everything. And so he was doing well. And from the, like, from the point of view of a Filipino parent, this is the golden child. This is the child that all Asian parents want, sort of. He was very smart, very studious, successful in everything that he does. He helps his community. He gives back to the community. What more could you know? What more could you want? What more could he want? And you just, you just never know. Like he was, sh- like you see him. It seems like he's fine. He's doing great, but you just never know. So his dad, you know, after asking him if he was okay, you mm-hmm. know, that they they read this thing in his journal and if. They asked him if he was okay, and he said he was fine. He was seeing a therapist, and it's doing well for him. That, yes, he was, you know, he was a little depressed, but he was seeking help for it. So his dad kind of like just, okay, he's doing something about it, and I trust that his, uh, you know, what he's doing to help himself was was good enough. yeah. Yeah. But I guess it wasn't good enough, I guess. He was really struggling. Can I add something, if mm-hmm. it's okay? Um, the, I mean, there's a lot of um, the patterns that I see that are happening here. Um, you know, your cousin sounds like a person who is used to being the strong person mm-hmm. and used to being like, just like nobody worry about me. But yeah. that's really a lot to carry. Exactly. And especially for his parents, too, who 
who try to have some kind of intervention. And our parents' generation don't really have all the tools. I mm-hmm. mean, he's in a best-case scenario where his dad is in that kind of field. But, like, you know, it's it's really tough because kids are seen with a lot of promise yeah. to have that better life. And I just, I mean, like, I, I really feel for this guy, like, you know, um, I see it in my students and in myself who are high overachievers who have um, suicide ideations where it's mm-hmm. like doing charitable work, doing academic work are kind of temporary highs into yeah. being like, okay, well, I'm living a best life, right? Like, this is really good. Mm-hmm. But then you're also exhausting your mental state of being because yeah. you're like, actually, you should be just resting. But mm-hmm. you're like, no, I, um, if I save 5,000 people right now, mm-hmm. then I feel good. But then you like, you don't know why you don't even feel good at yeah. that. So, I mean, I'm not out. him. Yeah, you I'm not him. Out. Yeah, he's, he sounded burned out. But like, just the calculatedness, I, I feel like he's, he's been at the top so long that he didn't know how to, or, and I don't know him, so I could be totally wrong, that he didn't know how to like express like, maybe some days I just want to not be at the top like yeah. maybe I just want to you know sit on the bench if this were a proverbial mm-hmm. basketball yeah. game and stuff but um productivity is such a huge value in our culture mm-hmm. that it's like you know I mean he sounds like an amazing person um but yeah like I do see um in the confidences of other um philan folk in our town um they say two things they say well if I open up to my parents it's like they've been through something tougher, so it's invalidating. Right? Yeah. They're like, well, I immigrated, so it's, I've actually experienced something tougher, mm-hmm. so get it together. Yeah. And the second thing is, like, um, they've given so much, so I have to match that times double, times triple, yeah. uh, you know, so... Um, like, you have to give back. You have to, you know, pay it forward. Not just give back, but pay it forward, you know. Yeah. Like, your parents has done so much for you that you have to make sure that they get settled. Like, you have to do so well that you take because we always have the thing where oh when i'd be rich when i'm rich i'm gonna buy my parents a mm-hmm. house right you always like, want to give back and take care of yeah. your parents and especially since he was the golden child so let's know. say if it's not even his parents because his parents sound pretty mm-hmm. cool too but to be in constant academic spaces yes. of like competitive in science and yes. math like that's tiring like you're like man i guess i have to keep being top three percentile like it comes a, it becomes a very like am i living to live or am mm-hmm. i living to survive mm-hmm. and then th- these pressures and because um i have a best friend who's a uh, little sister was going through the same thing they were going to an ivy league school mm-hmm. and um they were separated and like you know like they lived here in vegas and her little sister went to uh this ivy league school in new york so this there was this cutoff yeah. between um being in vegas like your family in vegas mm-hmm. friends in vegas your you know significant other in vegas mm-hmm. and then being by yourself in a yes. high stressful situation in which mm-hmm. you are in an unfamiliar environment you're trying to build connections mm-hmm. and even the colleges in those ivy league schools recognize it because their therapists are very like you know like on them mm-hmm. like especially like advisors and there was moments when you know like they also like the sister like was ready to like Mm -hmm. explode you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like that is a common theme that seems to happen when you are you know in that position of like you know being the quote-unquote golden child yes and then that puts also a less worrisome like you know mindset like they are doing amazing and great. I don't feel like I need to go ahead yes, and like worry too much. You don't have much. to check on them because, right. oh, they're doing great. <clears throat> like, they're they're going to survive. Yeah. They're going to live. They have a great life going on. But then it's like, how much does it hurt to keep up those appearances? Because up. that's something that I feel like I, I, I have in the past because I mm-hmm. had suicidal, like, you know, thoughts and ideas. And there are moments when, like, I really thought yeah. I was going to do it. I had a whole letter planned out. I had, like, you know, a list of things that I was ready to give to my family members, my friends, you know, because my life was hard. I was going to school full-time. I had two jobs. And I was the only one taking care of my mother. Mm -hmm. And it just, it hurt so much to have that pressure building Mm -hmm. and building. And I just was like, I don't want to feel anymore. I don't want to move anymore. I just want to stay complacent. Mm. I just Mm -hmm. feel like... 
why am I doing so much and I'm still not satisfying anyone? Right. And I'm here's the thing. I don't know where he was in his mindset. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say again, thank you so much for sharing, you know, like his story, because these are things that we need to talk about yes. in the community, because more often than not, if we're not having this conversation, then we're going to let it keep happening. And these right. toxic behaviors, these toxic thoughts, not addressing mental health issues in our community are going to pervade. And there's going to continue to be more deaths rather right. than like, you know, saving some and, real stuff and acknowledgement because maybe he felt invalidated in some way. I don't know. I don't right. want to even go ahead and make We're left with questions, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear the second story before we hit some of these hard numbers that I yeah. dug up. Um, tell us about the second person. Um, I know this is my, my first cousin that still lives in the Philippines. Mm. Actually, um, he is a trans. Oh, of all the days to talk about someone. Yeah. Yeah. Born female. And we were growing up when we were teenagers, everyone just thought, oh, she's just lesbian. You know, she's dating girls. Mm. And, um, in the Philippines, it's so different. Tell us. Because... You know, every in the Philippine culture, we love homosexuals. Right. Like, we have pageants. Oh, we, have, we have pageants. We have a lot of friends who are homosexual. We have hosts. We hosts, yes. Celebrities mm. that are homosexuals, you know. But you never want a homosexual in the in family. In the family, yeah. exactly. Okay. Not in the family and not someone that's trying to hit on you, if the, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, especially with the guys. Hypocrites. So oh, we yeah. treat them like clowns, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, mm-hmm. he, he started... Um, sort of transitioning um after i think it was after i moved to to the states Mm -hmm. and also this was after um my uncle died he he had complications with is this his father yeah his father and so when when my uncle died um their family kind of was in they didn't know what to do because you know the the head of the family is gone, so you just you feel lost. That kind of feeling. My mom felt the same way because this is her older oldest brother, her kuya, mm. and so everyone kind of felt like lost, not knowing what to do. The kids started going; they're doing their own thing, trying to get their lives together individually. Mm. And him being the bunso kind of got left behind, and then he was going through the transition and everything. And of course, with that. And the Filipino culture and how there's the discrimination and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm just speculating because I'm just trying to put the puzzle pieces together. One day he, he went and, you know, attempted suicide. Luckily for us, you know, he survived. And hopefully that's not, it's not, he's not going to try it again. But mm-hmm. I try, when I talk to him, I try my best to like, you know, show him or tell him that I, you know, I care in like small ways, Yeah, you know. Is he still in the Philippines? Right still now? in the Philippines, yeah. Okay. And I, I get that he, he he's frustrated because, you know, you have the generation of like my, you know, our parents' generation and my mom being his tita mm. and at, for the for longest time, she's until, until, I think until now, she still insists on calling him she because mm, you know yeah. you know for her cause, and especially they do this thing where like oh you were such a pretty girl you know it's, it's such yeah. a waste why did you and it's hurtful i'll be like no it's he you gotta say he are you the only like relative of him that's like advocating for him or no like um you know so for my um my brothers too Aww, and um that's good that's i think good. i'm i'm hoping some most because it's different be- when when you're homosexuality in the Philippines when you're female and you either become lesbian or you trans transition mm-hmm. to being male yeah for for the culture in the eyes of the culture it's like oh you're leveling up you're turning into a dude so it's better you know oh so it's more accepted than the other way around like male going female or a man becoming uh, who yeah. comes out as gay mm-hmm. because they see it see it as Makes like sense. oh yeah you took a step backward why do you want to be a girl you know yeah. the whole macho thing mm-hmm. and so i saw that happening with you know with my uncles because my younger brother is gay oh. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. He is gay, and he's he's happily, he's in Vegas, he's happily married, like, he's wow. happy being himself, and, and my uncles, for the longest time, they would, like, there's all these comments, mm. you know, the sorry, and just like every time, like it's coming, yeah. it's all fresh and new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they they all they, they make these comments that for them it's just it's nothing. It's just one of those. It's, it's a small comment, but it still hurts. You know, it, it's those little comments build yeah. up. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they you know they do because they, they like did for me. Out. They hang yeah, out. They did for like... me. My aunt from the Philippines was here uh-huh. like for two and a half weeks, and believe me, oh, it builds. God. Yeah, it yeah. builds. Sorry, continue. Like yeah. like when they say, oh, you know. Oh, you're you're you know you're you're gay. Why do you want to be gay? Why do you want to be a girl? Kind of thing. I'm like, what's wrong with being a girl? But then you know my my cousin who transitioned to male, they're like, oh, one of the guys. We got another boy. You know. Oh, it's kind of like, it's odd. It's an odd position yeah. because they sound progressive in accepting him, mm-hmm. but it's. It's not. It's conditional. Yeah. It's un, you know. Yeah. You know I mean? And out but, of curiosity, do they also have these expectations that like, oh, you have to present more feminine, like you need to like, you know. No, for for like for me when I was growing up, I was such a tomboy. I was mm-hmm. like climbing trees, playing soccer, doing getting dirty, you know, playing outside with the boys cuz for the longest time, you know, I was an only girl. <laughs> and my uncles loved that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'm just like a boy. But the women in the family, my grandmother, my mom sometimes, some of the titas would be like, oh, you, you need to be more like a girl. It's such a waste. You're so pretty. You should wear dresses. You should do this. But I'm like, but I'm not comfortable wearing yeah. dresses. You know? Yeah. It's itchy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna that tool is itchy. Yeah, <laughs> I want to wear shorts. <laughs> Why do guys have to wear, have like really comfortable clothes, but I have to be wearing an itchy dress? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're such, you know, to take a step back, you're such an important family member. And I'm not just saying this because we're friends, but because, like, one, you know, you proactively sought out Bruja to give these people some stories, right? Because we can talk about the numbers. We can talk about how World Health Organization says that there's 4,000 suicides a day, mm-hmm. meaning someone dies every 40 seconds, yes. right? And so, like, to put together stories and to put together kind of a paper trail or mm-hmm. a podcast trail of what is the logic and lives of these people is super important. You know, or even someone who's currently thinking of the ideations, like me and Rose, right? Like, um, but when people think of Bruja, we're like, snappy and... Fe- but it everything comes from a place of pain, mm-hmm. right? You have to show, like, the more personal side of it. It's mm-hmm. not just a statistic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's real stuff. I mean, like, you know, I was looking up some of the research, and uh, what do you guys think about when they say uh, they blame the Internet for our suicides? Like, for the longest time, they blamed everything. Like, <laughs> comic books, books were blamed before. Like, oh, stop reading because it's going to make you stupid. <laughs> don't read comic books because it's going to make you stupid. And then when TV came out, oh, don't watch too much TV, it's going to make you stupid. And then they were blaming MTV. Then, yeah, especially MTV. Oh, it's just, it's that MTV. And that MTV all the time. Why are you listening to that rap yeah. music, huh? Oh, you got, you got a zero in your test? Oh, it's because of that MTV. <laughs> Uh, that's a, that's a really good point. But it's this overlay, right? Mm-hmm. It's these intersections and overlapping, like, they're all working simultaneously. It's not just the internet. It's mm-hmm. not the influences of the internet. It's the influences of society, mm-hmm. your interpersonal relationships, yes. work, mm-hmm. that are all mm-hmm. working together to pro- to progress into this pressurized like, you know, mindset into the point where people can snap and break, yes. mm-hmm. you know? And then, yeah. and it's just like, how, how do you intervene? How do you take steps back and then try to like notice these within yourself, especially if you're starting to have these self-harming thoughts, you know? And a lot for me was, um, personally, I had to start reaching out, you know, cause it was like about a year ago in mm. the summer where I was at the breaking point. It was pretty bad. I was struggling a lot with money. Mm. Um, I felt like I was useless to my mother and that, like, I wasn't doing enough for my family. Right. And, you know, like, my friends were noticing because I was texting less. I was, you know, just being very apologetic because, you know, I just felt like, I don't know, any day now, like, I feel like it's just going to happen. I can't do it anymore. 
And then, you know, like, they they sat me down. They, like, finally nailed Your me. Friends? My friends. That's they nailed beautiful. me down, and they were like, what's going on? Talk to us. Let us know. And then I just, like, it all came pouring out at a sonic drive-in. You know, I showed them my letter, oh and my they were horrified, obviously, you know, rightfully mm-hmm. so. And, you know, like, it was a lot, because, um, you know, like, I felt very isolated in my situation. And in those moments when you feel very isolated, like, it's all this pain, all this anger and frustration turns to numbing. And it's like, I just want to be numb right now. Um, and that that's just my story. And thankfully, I'm okay, but at the same time... I'm still battling this mindset, you know, even talking about this right now, which I literally came in today for a recording and didn't expect to like even talk about this, Mm. you know, Mm. but I am in a point where I do feel comfortable because what I do right now, I'm in a much better place than I was a year ago. You know, yes, I'm still struggling with money. Yes. I'm still in a situation where like, I wish I could provide more for my mother. However, like I love my job. I got to graduate college. I finally got that out of the way. And, you know, like, um, I grew up, I, like, you know, have better relationships, honest communication, you know, and I don't feel like the need to hide myself anymore, really. There are moments when I still, like, struggle with that part of myself, and it's always going to happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, like, finding the part of you to step back mm, in that huge, moment huge you know which voice is louder in that moment yes. yeah. and which voice do you need to listen to right now thank you you know yes. and a, a real shout out to um rose's friends who really stepped up and identified mm-hmm. those kinds of um I love you. those 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 <laughs> cries of help because sometimes the cries of help are no cries at all mm-hmm. you know and so um shout out to those people and shout out to every friend and listener who has seen that identified that even without mental health training and is just like it is really tough really, and i just really want to say for anyone who's struggling right now if you're in that dark moment right now and you were able to come across this podcast drop a dm mm-hmm. throw yes. a comment you can message me on my you know instagram um let it out in any way you can but think before you make that decision really think mm-hmm. no matter how trapped you feel yeah um so i have a little bit of a different story like i didn't really have anybody when i was 16 and you know i, w- I went to catholic school and i i prayed a lot but i was just like jesus i think i'm done because these the people in this world are just terrible right mm-hmm. and so something that helped me in somebody who didn't really have friends that I could uh, tell. Um, I wrote future letters to myself as an adult. And so now like 16 years, being a 16 year old was a long time ago, but it was just like, damn, (laughs) 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 13 now. Um, But I I think about like, damn, if I had done it, then I wouldn't have gotten to do all the things that I got Mm -hmm. to do. Um, And I'm not saying like, uh, I got an award and I'm all these things, but like recently I had lunch with one of my students who told me they um, the month before joining my art class that they stepped in front of a semi and lived and then they made it to my class and decided that they found purpose to live which is it was triggering to hear that story but it was also like damn had I killed myself 16 years ago we wouldn't keep we wouldn't kind of pass this torch of sorts like Mm -hmm. that we we have meaning and we have life to hand off and um so i'm hoping that this student um can be the adult that um, we needed when we were young too so gene from that point like what can we do what do you think what are solutions um if anything you too tammy yeah. um well for for the philippine especially with the filipino community mm. um we don't like to talk and express our feelings and emote, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a common theme. It's, yeah, it's a common theme with the Asian community. And for for those who are the basically the, the support group, the family members, the friends, if someone approaches you and and you know, wants to talk and let their let it all out, you know, um, that that that's another sign a cry for help, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
please just listen without any judgment. Yeah. Yes. Listen without any judgment. No commentary. Yeah. Just or no commentary. yeah. Nothing. Do not ever, you know, like quote unquote victim blame because Ugh. Yeah, it's it's yep. they're not victims yet, but you're still blaming them for how they feel and how they think. It's a lot of that they can't control mm-hmm. yeah. because, you know, depression a lot of that is like also like um the chemicals in your brain that yeah. you can't you can't control like when it when it goes when it gets really bad you need medication right that's one thing that my my tito always regretted that when i was at when we were at um Miggy's funeral he regretted not getting him to um a psychiatrist to get medicated hmm. because if only you know you got that under control because he understood what depression was and what how you could you know combat all of that crazy chemicals in your brain going haywire yeah and, like i hear you yeah. it's a lot of like you cannot invalidate where you know like this person is coming from mm-hmm. despite maybe a generation gap yeah. despite maybe mm. you know even like a growing up versus like you know phil i am and like from like the philippines and also, like, you know, the whole idea is of, like, medication and needing to acknowledge that yes. this mental health is something that you do need to get yeah. medicated for. And medication, do not, please not, don't stigmatize medication. Mm. Because, you know, Asia, like, especially the Filipino community, like, when you, when, like, especially their generation, when they find out, oh, this person is taking medication mm-hmm. for, oh, they're baliw. Yeah. They're baliw, they're crazy. You yeah. know, they, it becomes this huge stigma. And, like, it's fine. If they want to get better, that's why they're taking the medication. Yeah. And, you know, and don't call, then some some people would say, oh, you're just, you know, you got to be tougher. Yeah, that's yeah. the yeah. thing. Yeah, that's don't what I be tough. That's, it becomes a very comparative, yeah. like you know, like well, believe me, I got my like toe cut off, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, yeah. like uh, well, my heart's cut off right now. Yeah, and yeah. it's each person has a different experience. They're in a different time. Like your experience back then was is totally different from the experience now. You think it's easier now because oh, there's technology, there's all this, but everything changed. Like. um like how people interact with each other is different. Mm-hmm. Even the slightest, you know, communication. Yeah, so, communication. We have Facebook. We have all these freaking mm-hmm. trolls online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they tend to think like older um, Filipinos that interact with tend to think that this is an isolated case that millennials are feeling. And I had mm-hmm. to say, like, this is something that even your generation is oh, experiencing. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm pretty sure there's like unsung stories about mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. You know that we're just not fully acknowledged, not documented, and whatnot. Oh, but you know what? In the Philippines, when someone does something like that, they always blame it on oh, they got possessed. Oh, yeah. the whole Aswan thing. I have another story. This oh is goodness. oh my goodness. This is not not related to me at all. When I was a kid, there was this lady um, in my hometown. She was a nurse, huh? She just gave birth, and this is postpartum depression. It's a very different kind of... I went through this because I, I have a, a baby, mm-hmm. and it's, it's you know, it, go, it had, there's different levels. I guess hers was, like, really, really bad. Well, and it's, oh, trigger warning here mm-hmm, because yeah. it gets really kind of really bad that she her husband comes home one day, and she... She had killed the baby too with oh her. My goodness. No, she was alive, but the she oh. because she went she she snapped. Oh, oh my goodness! And of course, the town, the whole town, was like, "Oh, she's an Aswang," because that was that's what Aswangs do oh, when they no. first turn; they go for the family member. I'm like, no, she had postpartum depression because probably because she was still working. She was a nurse. She was while, working, while taking depressed. care of a baby. And then her husband comes home asking her, oh, where's my dinner? You know, not even helping at uh, all. Yeah. Of course she's going to snap. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This, and this is like, this is common, like in the Philippines, they always blame it. Oh, you know, Aswang. Superstition. They always blame, they blame it on certain superstitions. Or, and they also say that um, people who commit suicide go straight to hell, right? Yeah. And so like this amazing, the amazing relatives you mm-hmm. talk about, there's going to be some other... Filipino who translates this as like, oh, that person's going to hell when it really is like 
an illness like mm-hmm. um, when you get there to that point and so yeah it's really and to demonize further into their afterlife yeah that they're terrible people and not to undermine like the act of like you know what she did you know but it's more like the acknowledgement of all these outside factors that were pervading her mental health mm-hmm. you know so just for everyone yeah. who's listening be aware of and so you know you you, you both touch on a, a good point like being being an active listener and so there is a there have been increased amounts of suicide in the past two years in the Philippines based off research and there's this doctor uh, what's her name Dina Nadera who um, they call for immediate help and she'll meet them at a Jollibee nice. just, just you know because there's a backlog of getting help and some of the issues she ran into is that some of them are trying to keep their scholarship you know to be academically affording uh-huh. school and that and we're feeling that too here as um, quote-unquote model minorities trying to create this like um, this okayness with academia and work and everything else and excelling so um, no shout out to Dina Nadera doing that out there um, but yeah it's oh and another thing that I wanted to add like let's say you don't really trust the confidants of a, um, a family member I did look up on psychology today that we have a good amount of Filipina therapists in town who speak Tagalog so mm. um, yeah and they have different rates mm-hmm. there was one that was 30 bucks I forgot to get her name but you know it, that is amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah that's amazing right? yeah that is very important because when looking back at like when I found out that Miggy wrote on his in his journal that he felt lonely mm-hmm. a part of that like part of me was thinking Maybe he he missed home too, mm. because the cultural like you feel so isolated mm-hmm. in a country where you don't speak, they don't speak the language that you grew up with, and when he was growing up in in the Philippines, and he would talk about that was like the best part of his childhood when he was a kid in the Philippines, and to have a therapist who can relate to mm-hmm. you in a cultural level, that's that's a that's a big step forward. Yeah, and they they have concentrations in almost everything and are mostly queer-friendly, too, so that's really helpful. Um, We'll post the link on Bruja Baddie's Instagram so you can reach them. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of cool that they're all women, um, but we're wondering, and some feedback for our listeners, would it be helpful to talk to someone from your culture, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And... We're going to have some follow-up conversations with these Panay therapists in future episodes. I think it's commonplace to be able to go ahead and, you know, have these discussions mm-hmm. and with someone who can have a sense and a true sense of what you are going through within the community. Um, for example, like, a lot of, like, you know, students feel more, especially in communities of color, mm-hmm. like, feel more comfortable being taught by, like, a person of color teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally, like, and this is also because I'm on the front lines as a teacher, like, I can tell the difference between me, me as a person of color versus, say, a coworker of mine who is, you know, puti, white, mm-hmm. you know, and how they're able to, like, you know, relate, talk to their students, Yes, they have a, a connection with their students. Not gonna uh, like you know disregard that, but at the same time, this is also the coworker who is like, oh, they're the same kids who like you know do this or like you know probably right. shoot up something over here, mm-hmm. you know, in this like side of town. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks um, for demonizing. I went to yeah. school number one, and I'm brown, and your kids are brown. You know, so how about we not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, again, it becomes a very, like, you know, familiar space. And, like, I feel I, I'm happy when my students come forward to me and tell me, like, you know, I feel really more comfortable with you, Miss uh, T, to talk about this and that mm-hmm. compared to so-and-so. And I'm just like, I see the pattern. Yeah. Because whenever they compare me to someone they can talk about, that person's usually, hmm, yeah. petite. All right. But, yeah, yeah that's, that's how it is. And I hope that, you know, these resources help you for those of us uh, within the Las Vegas area. Right. Um, I also did a little bit of a survey at the Filipina Moms of Las Vegas. I, I'm not a mom, but I infiltrated <laughs> their group. And I wanted to ask, what do they do when your kid has suicide ideations? I only had, like, four responses out of a large group. Um, and one of them was a 
um, psychology nurse, but she was very vague about her answer, which she's like, oh, it's school, family, and drugs. I'm like, uh, I wish mm. I would have had a little bit more. Like, yeah. what is it about school? What is it about family? And a lot of them were like, okay, I just take my kid to counseling. But I wish there were a way to equip our parents or like even elderly folks to have difficult conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And like, not just suicide, like, but about sex and about, you know what I mean? Like all these things. Um, so, I mean, our, of course, our community has a lot of work, but um, mm-hmm. I am thankful for those who did respond. Counseling is important, um, but I don't know. I think that there's more to just three words, family, drugs, and school. You know what I mean? As somebody yeah. who is working I'm pretty sure kids. we got a greater vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. um, so I want to, you know, pose the question, why, why did we do this kind of episode at the end of the year with everyone? Rose, Tammy. It's important, especially in a time where you are gathering around your family Mm -hmm. in December plus Thanksgiving, you know, you're probably feeling the high pressures right now during the holiday season of work, families, making enough time, which is a common theme that I see within myself, common friends in the Filipino uh, community who are like, I wish I could afford this and that for Christmas this year. Mm -hmm. And I wish like, you know, like... My, I don't have to hear this from this family member because they're coming down. Mm. And it's like all these interlocking factors that are happening that become like, yes, time with family can be great and happy and fun, but at the same time, it can be very, you know, stressful mm. and, you know, create this anxious, you know, like, like mind space. You know what I mean? Mm. So for me, even my, like, aunt from the Philippines being here for like two and a half weeks during the holiday just really like got me anxious because of this pressure to have a boyfriend why don't you have a boyfriend yet mm. i can set you up yeah. you're 26 years old why aren't you and i was like oh, it's <laughs> like why are you to the you need to start losing weight and then every time i was eating i got oh, stared at and i felt con i just felt self-conscious about eating i right. barely ate and this is this is inside your home yes yeah you were supposed to feel safe yes i did not and just you know Doing this episode at the end of the year and being in that mindset and knowing that other people, friends, family members are going through the same thing, Mm -hmm. this was really important. And also kind of like acknowledging that we also need rest. You know what I mean? So, Tammy, any other uh, comments? Yes, I I do appreciate that this episode, this topic is being talked about at the end of the year because um, for the survivors of the people that Mm. have... um, have yeah. passed from have died from suicide. This is gonna. This is a really tough time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're, you know, it's, it's you're, you just miss the person. You miss the person. I know my uncle, my aunt, and my cousins. They really, really miss Maggie right now, because he was their bunso. Yeah. He was the little baby, and this this Christmas is going to be very, very lonely. And I really hope that the family gets together and, and heals. And I'm, you know, my uncle asked everybody during the funeral to help spread awareness. And I'm, this is, this is my Christmas present. Yeah, and thank you for carrying that torch. And um, I want to help spread awareness. And yeah, for also show support to the to, to family members, the survivors, mm-hmm. because Sometimes, you know, they, you know, family members, they follow. Survivor's guilt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, I've heard stories of like a sibling would go, would commit suicide or would die from suicide. And then two months later, another sibling would, would follow suit because they couldn't. real time. Yeah. So they had the survivor's guilt and they couldn't, they were like super close or something. And, you know, it's, it's really tough. And yeah, this time of year, a lot of that happens. Because, yeah. And I just want to say to all our listeners, even though family can be, you know, part of the factor that, you know, makes it hard to maybe continue and those expectations, your family can also be a great um, source of support. And if your family members are not being supportive, you can reach out to your friends. And again, mm-hmm. any of the sources mm-hmm. that we provided you today, yes. a therapist, anybody, anyone like who's willing to listen, I'm willing to listen, please reach out. That's all it takes, you know? 
Um, but also, um, Jean, so do you want to let all the listeners know? <laughs> this is, I mean, Bruja, uh, besides the beauty standard uh, intention, this is really near and dear to my heart on suicide. And so Tammy's voice being an authentic, loving um, relative meant a lot on having on the show because we're investigating stigmas here um, that are intergenerational trauma and then um, reinforced into our families. I also, at the time, you know, like this is going to be our last episode, you know, as we take a break and Rose will let you know when we'll be back, but, you know, to really celebrate your life and the mindfulness of yourself, like who are you behind all these titles and accolades? And we really want to create normalcy around this suicide dialogue. Like it should be normal for you to say, like, I feel like dying today. Why? Help me, you know, Mm -hmm. say, say it out loud. Um, or journal, you know, journaling, journaling helps a lot because when you read those 20 years from now, you're like, I was in a dark place and you know, this next two to three weeks of hectic holidays, shopping and meeting, maybe hostile relatives. I want you to remember to schedule rest intentionally, um, versus the constant productivity of your nine to five or graveyard shift and whatnot. Find it, you know, um, and know that, um, who you are in the silence is not, um, it's not what anyone else needs to be control in control of you. So um, remember, you're a gift too. Besides all everything else, I know it's the cheesy Jean moment, but <laughs> you're a fucking gift, though. You know what I mean? Like, um, even if your family's like puta, you don't do this A, B, and C. You know that was a strong one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you you are a gift, and I think um, even if people don't show it, um, somebody out there is looking forward to seeing you. Yes, and. Um, I, I I feel so hot in my cheeks. I feel I feel that made me feel happy. Okay. Um. Anyways, everybody. Um. Our next episode. We'll see you next year, January fifth, two thousand twenty, with our second season after this break. Um. Thank you all so much for all the love, the support. Um. A lot of you coming to uh, to us for our comments. Yeah. Um. Thank you for all our uh, usual listeners for always encouraging us and reminding us why we do what we do. Especially Tammy for yeah, coming thank on. You so and much. again, thank you for thank having you. me. Any final words, Tammy, for our listeners? Um. Um. Well, just. And try to enjoy life. Don't don't be the one pillar that's trying to support the entire world. Mm. Okay, and if you see somebody trying to be that one pillar to support the entire world, hey, why don't you go help them be another pillar <laughs> and kind of like distribute that weight <laughs> because it's it's tough. It you know, tough. you gotta distribute that weight. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you so much. All our listeners, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and and everything in between. Mm -hmm. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is Bruja Batty signing out. This is Jean. This is Rose. And we are still magical. (laughs) Wait, wait, one, two, three. Magically. Magically.